lessons that we learn from the old people, from the kids. Wake up in a good mood. Isn't that good news about kids? Somebody spreads a blanket for them, get picnic time. Hey, man. Man, that's good news. Be quick to forgive. Man, that's powerful from kids. Thank you, parents, for teaching. Excited about the little things. Always be willing to learn. Amen. Be willing to ask for help. Smile and laugh a lot. And have a sense of awe about God's creation. And be able to trust and have faith. Be quick to make friends. And have a strong desire to love and be loved. <clears throat> In the verse, Matthew 18, 3, I'll tell you the truth. Unless you change and become like little children, you'll never, you'll never enter the kingdom of heaven. Man, how beautiful to see babies. How old is that baby right there, Lena? Three months? Amen. You keep that... Uh, where that baby doesn't know anything else but bringing that baby to church. Amen, church. Leaner, they don't know any different. Amen. Thank you, parents, for loving your family, teaching your family how to honor God. Let's grab a hand and talk to God. Grab a hand. Mr. Slappers. God, thank you that we have children. And we have parents that love their children. And God, what a blessing to get to watch these children grow up in the nurture and admonition of you, Father. And how they have been <clears throat> charged as parents to keep loving, keep sharing, keep listening, and keep disciplining. And God, sometimes that's tough. But God, thank you for their courage. And thank you for their desire that their children know you. Thank you, God, for this family. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. All right, turn your paper over, and you'll see the lesson doesn't have anything to do with children, but it does. We've been talking about the grace of God, and today is one of my favorite on the grace of God, and that's the name of Mephibosheth. And as we look at the grace of God all the way through, and we'll, we'll be reading the text here in a minute. But I want to travel back for about 2,500 years. When David is a king and, and Saul has died. Saul was a king. He has died. And now David has taken the throne. And his dynasty is running. Now, and, of course, the eastern dynasties talked about and shared about what happened when Saul died. That means all of his family, all his people ran because they were going to be exterminated. They are going to be killed by the next king. But guess what? David is a shepherd. David dynasty of killing, eliminating all the families because he's a shepherd of God. He's a man of God and God has placed him on a throne. Here's the grace of God. Because why would David deserve to be a king? With, as we know his background, we know his heritage, we know his ugliness, we know how nasty he was. And God, the grace of God, put him on the throne. And a beautiful part about that, all the family were running because they didn't want to be exterminated. There was a fellow by the name of Ziba who was a servant of Saul. And Saul and, and Ziba and a nurse were running, and the nurse was carrying a little baby boy. And 
they fell and dropped the little boy and the little boy was crippled in his feet. His name was Mephibosheth. And as they were running, the fear that they had in their mind, I can't imagine the fear because knowing if they get caught, they're going to be exterminated. They're going to be killed. And it's going to be death row. And it's going to be, it's going to be bad for them. But however, none of them were going to be exterminated because David's on a throne. He's not going to kill anybody. He's a man of God. And a man of God with, with his heart. David finds out about Mephibosheth. Story. Let's read our text. Starting in verse 9 in 2 Samuel chapter 9. One, David a one day David asked, is anyone in Saul's family still alive? Anyone to whom I can show kindness? When we see the word kindness, I want you to substitute for the word grace. Notice what David automatically says. Is anyone in Saul's family that I can show what? Grace. And what's grace? We don't deserve it. We can't earn it. We can't buy it. Okay, here's David, a man of God. He's not going to charge anybody anything. He can't earn it, can't buy it, and he doesn't deserve it. Does David deserve the grace of God? Not any more than us. But yet God extends his grace to David, and he puts him on the throne. For whose sake? Come on, guys. Jonathan's sake. Okay, why was that relationship? Because Jonathan was David's best what? Best friend. And he's honoring Jonathan. He's honoring Saul. And notice what he said. He summoned a man named Ziba, who had been one of Saul's servants. Are you Ziba? The king asked. Yes, sir, I am, Ziba replied. Verse 3, the king then asked him, Is anyone still alive from Saul's family? If so, I want to show what? grace to them. Zebra replied, yes, still alive. He is crippled in both feet. Now why would that make any difference? It does to some people, doesn't it? It does to some. It may with us. They say, oh, they're a cripple. We don't want them on my team. I'll give you an example. I'm getting to play on a softball team and I'm the, guess what? I'm the oldest old timer out there. The next one is 50 years old. He's hollering the other day. He said, I'm 50. I wanted to say, so? <laughs> but I'm blessed because somebody is extending grace and letting me participate. Do I deserve to be out there? No. I don't deserve. But somebody's extending grace. How's that make me feel? How's that make you feel when somebody extends grace to you say, hey, he's an old man. And I remember when I was younger and we're choosing upsides to play baseball. And they'd choose the girls before they'd choose me. How'd that make me feel? And I'd be, and say, well, well, come on, Babbitt. But I had a friend, he was my buddy, and he'd always choose me first. Only when he was the captain. But I didn't feel good about the other times because... Hey, these gals can't even, they don't even know what a baseball bat is. They don't know what to do with a ball. But they chose, they chose them. Had a, how many times that's happened to us? How come I still remember that? I can take you to the place where it happened. 
I can take you to that field and show you where I was standing and how I felt. Why is that? We remember those people who extended grace to us, don't we? We remember every time. And those who forgive us and extend kindness to us. But notice they said, extend that kindness. Excuse me, he had, he had cripple in both feet. Verse 4. Notice what the king says. Where is he? And I love that. In Lodabar, Ziba told him at the home of Makar, son of five, and brought him, and brought him from Makar's home. Verse six. His name was Mephibosheth. He was Jonathan's son and Saul's grandson. When he came to David, he bowed low to the ground in deep respect. David said, "Greetings." Mephibosheth. Can you imagine what Mephibosheth is feeling and thinking right now as he's standing before the king because he knows everybody's supposed to be eliminated, killed, dead, dead on arrival. No questions asked. You're Saul's family. You're gone. Can you imagine how this crippled fella is feeling already? Mephibosheth replied, I am your servant. Verse 7. Don't be afraid. I intend to show what? grace to you because of my promise to your father who? Jonathan and I'll give you all the property. What did he already say to him? He's extending grace and he's going to give him what? All the property that belonged to who? His father Jonathan and Jonathan's father all the property all of everything to take care of it. He said I'm going to give you all the property that once belonged to your grandfather Saul, and you're going to eat where? You're going to eat at my table. Verse 8. Mephibosheth bowed respectfully and exclaimed, Who is your servant that you should sow such what? Grace to a dead dog like me. Why did Mephibosheth think he was a dead dog? I went to Union, 50th high school reunion and there was a guy came up to me and I'd forgotten all about him because you know how it is if you transfer schools and you transfer you start your senior year or the second semester of your senior year and you're the new kid on the block and those guys have been there all those years and so they've already established all their buddies and this guy showed up he we became best of friends. I'd forgotten about it. Totally forgotten about it. And he came up to me and he stood up and told the graduate, the 50th graduating class, he said, I want to tell you about that guy right over there. He's the one that I'll never forget because he to me. That's what we need to be doing. Forget about it. Extend it and forget about it. It's not to our glory, but it's to, it's to his glory. And that's what David's doing because he's a shepherd. And then Mephibosheth, I guarantee you David didn't let him call himself a, a what? A dog. He didn't let him do that anymore. He's going to let him eat at the table. I said, hey, pass the food to the dog over there. I guarantee you David never said that. I don't know that if that's a guarantee, but I know David's heart. I'm going to say it's a guarantee, but I'm going to be close to it because David was a man after God's own heart. And he's honoring his best friend. What's his name? Jonathan, and he's honoring the king that died. What's his name? Saul. And here's 
said, I'm not exterminating all these people. Verse 9, Then the king summoned Saul's servant Ziba and said, I have given your master's grandson everything that belonged to Saul and his family. You and your sons and servants are to farm the land for him to produce food for your master's household. But Mephibosheth, your master's grandson, will eat here at my table. Ziba had 15 sons and 20 servants. You think they can handle the property? You think they can farm everything? They've got all this equipment's been handed down, and King Saul had the best of equipment, didn't he? And Jonathan's got it. He had the best, because who's his dad? And so they've got all this equipment. What kind of equipment does David have to farm the land, to take care of the cattle, take care of all the crops? And he says, hey, your servants, old Ziba's going to take care of it, and you're going to eat where? And man, he made sure that he didn't feel like a dog. Verse 11, Ziba replied, I am your and I'll do all that you have commanded. And from that time on, Mephibosheth ate regularly at David's table like one of the king's own what? Sons. Who made sure Mephibosheth was pushed up to that table? Who made sure of that? How many times you and I have seen people in wheelchairs and they're pushing it on their own and they're pushing those wheels and they're having a tough time making that little incline. And we finally find somebody that comes up there and gives them a boost and helps them over that incline or that little old bump in the road and somebody's helping them along the way. And they turn around and they're trying to turn around to see who's extending kindness. Somebody is doing that for Mephibosheth because David has already set the, set the example, hadn't he? Here's the grace of God. Verse 12, Mephibosheth had a young son named Micah. From then on, all the members of Ziba's household were Mephibosheth's servants. And Mephibosheth, who was crippled, lived in Jerusalem, ate regularly at the king's table. Let me give you four or five words, okay? First word, nobody. Here's a nobody. Here's a cripple. Why is it that most people end up in nursing homes? Lack of care. And I'm not going to judge anybody that's in there because I don't know every family's situations. But oftentimes, somebody doesn't want to take care of them and they want to get that woman out of there, get them out of the way, and they want to get that man out of the way because they want to what? They don't want to fool with them. My favorite mother-in-law was told by her son, put her in a nursing home. What did my first wife say? My mama in a nursing home. Guess what blessing that was for her to come and live with us because I had two women to harass. And I, I did that joyfully every day. And I looked for ways to harass and she said, I'm gonna, we're going to haunt you. I said, I'm going to cremate you. She said, I'll haunt you the rest of your life. I said, get after it, woman, because guess what's going to happen? So guess what I'd do the next day? Find something to harass her about. Isn't that right, Pistol? That's a ministry. Sprout to harass somebody else and then smile. But hug those that don't get it. Amen? First word, nobody. 
Mephibosheth is that nobody. Second word, undeserving. Undeserving. What's that word mean? Just what it means. I don't deserve to a man who was full of grace. I don't have that. It's all because of the grace of God. I don't deserve the opportunity to take my Bible and read and pray with people. I don't deserve it. And so never have an opportunity to be on a pedestal because God's already paid that what? He paid that price, didn't he? First word, nobody. Second word, undeserving. Third word, restored. I wonder if Mephibosheth felt restored when he had been beat up because he'd been a cripple all his life. I don't know how old he was. It's not important. The important part, he was a nobody and he always felt like he was a nobody, but somebody felt like he... He was a somebody because he was chosen. Kings, not the king of kings, but the king, David. And he who is undeserved of it, but God saw and placed it on his heart. Another word, disability. You know, I'm glad we have disability parking, aren't you? But you know what bothers me? People that park in the disability parking and they're stronger than all of us. And they've got stronger legs. And I want to go over there and rearrange their face. What good would that do? That wouldn't do any good, would it? But I want to talk to them about it. What, would that do any good? Because then they're going to get, what's going to happen in our world today? But here's an undeserving, here's a, here's a fellow that's a disability, but Mephibosheth was taken care of because of God's grace. Another word is, what kind of status now? that Mephibosheth has. You know, that's what God does for us. He gave us status by dying on a cross, by giving us Jesus, and because of the resurrection, resurrected Lord, we now have status. Not that we're anywhere. We don't deserve it. Can't earn it. Can't buy it. But God has given us status whenever I'm united with Him. Let's pray. Thank you, Father, for this morning. Thank you for giving us status. Thank you for your grace that's undeserving. And however one of us are cripples, but you let us gather around your table and commune with you because you've given us to be somebody in your sight. Thank you, God, for this family, and thank you for the resurrected Lord in Jesus' name. Amen.